Hello everyone and welcome back to It Came From Disney Plus. Now, today we're doing something a little different. We're doing a appreciation of a series instead of a complete beatdown of a series. And, um, <laughs> or a beatdown of a movie. I really do want to appreciate Loki as a series in this episode here. Because it, it is genuinely a beautiful work of art. That the music, the acting, the score, I already said the score, the set design, just everything about it is um, incredible. I love every part of it. Um, I love just, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, it, it's perfect, unlike WandaVision, where there's some things that people complained about and which I agreed with. Loki is entirely, nearly perfect, and in turn, it makes me love it even more. Um, the LGBTQ uh, factors of it, just everything like that Marvel threw into this show, really, it, the way it sets up the Marvel Universe, really just makes me appreciate this show even more. And I'll talk about everything in this that about this in this episode because like I have a deep need to talk about this <laughs> because I don't have a lot of people to talk about this show with. So. My favorite episode has to be Lamentis. I want to go ahead and say that outright. Lamentis is one of the most beautiful episodes of any TV show I've ever seen. And there's a lot to up imply about this, um, sh sh this episode of the show, which I'll get to in just a few minutes. And the Lamentis and um, Journey into Mystery have to be my two favorite episodes because of Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki, the MVP, the man, the boy. But um, anyway, we're before I start ranting about my favorite episodes and Alligator Loki. Honestly, I want to talk about what makes the show work. The TVA, the TVA, um, the way they designed it, in my opinion, I think is genius because they were able to use the 70s like architecture and design with the modern technology to give a feeling of off-putting I guess is the right word and that as a whole was genius because I guess they wanted to give the feeling of something being not quite right and in my opinion that is just perfect for this show because this whole show is a feeling of the man behind the curtain the Wizard of Oz kind of feeling and honestly I feel like that was the best vibe to go with this show and like we all know now by the time you watch this you've seen Loki the timekeepers were fake and that this whole thing was a facade and I think this design is very um Truman show I guess is the right word there, there's this whole Truman show vibe with um this entire thing it, it, it's beautiful and honestly it, like, the man behind the curtain, like, Truman Show, like, yeah. But, the way Loki is just, it, it, it's beautiful, <laughs> I love it, thank you, um, it, it's, mwah, amazing, to say the least, I, I have no words for how beautiful this show is, honestly, but, to say the least, TVA is probably my favorite set design of any show, other than maybe Stranger Things, but I just really like 
this show, the TVA's design, and I think it would be great in Tomorrowland. But before I start ranting about attractions in Tomorrowland based off the TVA, I want to talk about like the way that the, the progression of Tom Hiddleston's character is Loki as well. Like, I like remember reading the article a couple few months back. Somebody reshared that there's articles saying that they hired these nobodies that. Nobody knew that the Marvel Universe would fail because they weren't hiring f actors that people were known at the time. And it ended up working. Like, Kevin Feige, just credit to him. He he has this humongous plan. He, like, this brought out vision of this entire universe that has ended up working in the most beautiful way possible. Possible. And... I honestly just think he's a genius. <laughs> like, you have these comics that are loosely tied together by maybe one or two characters and one or two plots, but movies can't work that way or else your basic audience will get confused. And I think they've done a fabulous job of translating these comics, which I've never read. I've only read a few of into these films and being able to connect people with these films and these shows. And I think that is just honestly beautiful and it just works really well but anywho um this was disney's second uh marvel show and wandavision literally just won a bunch of awards so like these shows have the similar quality of the uh the films and i think that's where marvel beats out dc like the dc shows are awful beyond comprehension. I don't know how people enjoy those. But the same thing could be said about the Marvel shows from DC fans. So you can't really attack each other. Because they're two separate universes. But, um, I really just, uh, like, appreciate the amount of effort put in a, a TV show. They could have just been like, oh, people will watch it. It's Marvel. And made it really cheap and low budget. But they put as much effort as they would put into one of these films and these shows, and that's where I think Disney strives in their ballpark, to say the least. Let's go ahead and talk about one of the things that people went insane over, positively and negatively, mostly positively, is the, uh, making the fact that Loki is bisexual canon. Um, this is actually a really big step for Marvel. They didn't have to do this, they could have just glanced over it, because a lot of people would get offended by this, unfortunately. They would be like, I don't want my kids seeing that. And I think that's unfortunately something that needs to change, and something that needs to be done away with, and people should just let people be who they want to be. But before I get a bunch of people offended and like have people cancel my show, I just want to talk about the fact that Marvel acknowledged bisexual lighting. Now, bisexual lighting is the use of green, sorry, blues, purples, and pinks to, well, you know, give off the, it's the colors of the bisexual flag. And using this in the whole Lamentus episode was ingenious because you had two Lokis there, meaning that both Sylvie and Loki are, well, they're one and the same, so of course they're both bisexual. But it's not just a one-line thing. It It's throughout the episode where Sylvie is just like, oh, I guess you've dated uh, plenty of queens. And he's like, a few kings here and there. And I was just like, oh, 
Because, well, in the comics, I believe Loki is gender fluid, and I think Marvel didn't use that exactly because they don't want to offend anyone. Like, they, not offend anyone, but they don't want to do something wrong and like, yeah, offend someone. So I think bisexual was something they were able to maybe run a little bit safer with since gender fluid is such a uh, uh, complicated subject. And making Loki bi was a huge leap for Marvel. Like, they could have easily, as I said, glanced over this, but they didn't. Marvel pushed for it, and this is a really big step for representation a lot of people said yeah that's pretty much my like take on that my very short take on like the whole idea of loki being bisexual that it's a huge leap and it's a really great thing for marvel to acknowledge and i wonder what it'll tie into maybe in Lord Th love and thunder or um future marvel projects where they might revive tom hiddleston's loki speaking of that tom hiddleston as loki is just utterly fantastic to say the least <laughs> his emotion like his his strive as an actor is probably the best part of the show like tom is the center of this show like his supporting cast of wilson the uh, actress played sylvia i don't know how to pronounce her name i'm sorry like everything in this cast everyone in this cast is strong but tom is like the the center star you know it's called loki and like he's our he's like the main guy but like tom was one of these actors that they hired that a little people knew and we were like oh great they're hiring a no-name actor this is not going to turn out good but as um i forget who it was said sometimes hiring big name actors is a bad idea because they have like this head honcho idea not head honcho, they have an ego that maybe could cause them to overact sometimes, and that leads to things turning out bad. For example, it can turn out good, like Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy, which I really should do a review of, because that movie is fantastic, and I probably will now that I'm thinking about it, in the uh, hiatus, that would be a good idea. Um, Tom is just... He was. It was a good idea to hire unknown actors, as I previously said, for this. And Tom is one of those actors that was a fantastic choice because now I can picture nobody else playing Loki other than Tom Hiddleston. Like he's he's like to say the least he's like Jim Carrey, or yeah, Jim Carrey. He is perfect in one certain roles and you can't picture anyone else in that role it's kind of like jim carrey as the grinch you can't picture anyone else in that role well benedict cumbercatch but that's different <laughs> you can't picture anyone else in the role as the live action grinch that's what i'm trying to convey now owen wilson as agent mobius he's fine i had a slight problem with this character that he that owen wilson like he isn't he's a phenomenal actor but i think and maybe another actor could have been chosen for this role. I don't know who, but it, it just seemed like Owen Wilson wasn't the kind of person to play such a, like, you know, actually, now that I think about it, Owen Wilson was perfect for this role, considering hearing him say jet skis was really funny. He's like, jet skis, wow. Like, he whispers his lines, it's funny. Like, I don't know why he does that, maybe someone can tell me, maybe it's just the way he acts, but who knows. Because he doesn't do that in cars, so, um, just weird 
now cars and Marvel are connected, judging by this podcast law. If then actors in the same universe, it's the same podcast. Anyway, um, to say the least, uh, everyone in the show is fantastic, fantastic actors, fantastic everything. Now let's talk about my favorite two episodes, Lamentis and The Journey into Mystery. So, let's talk about Journey into Mystery first. Journey into Mystery is the episode where Loki gets uh, pruned and sent to the alternate universe with all the different Lokis. You can assume why this is one of my favorite episodes, because of Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki is just, he is the man, he is the boy, he is going to take out uh, Kang, he's just going to... Well, Kang's dead, so he's gonna he's gonna save the multiverse. He's Kang is the the boy, the number one man. Good for all time, always is pretty good as well. So, um, yeah, love all the different variations. Loki, President Loki, everyone, the whole bowling alley hideout, just love all that. I love the the little Easter eggs to Kang in this, like the Avengers building being Kang Industries, which, um, in Earth, Earth, it's Earth, not Earth 616, but it's different. Um, they sold the Avengers Tower to Kang Industries, which ended up being, of course, Kang the Conqueror. So, that's a nice Easter egg, and all the little hints, like the giant dragon thing, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, Frog Thor, Throg, um, which means Alligator Loki and Throg are probably from the same universe. So, that's pretty cool. I hope we get an entire Marvel movie where it's just animals with Marvel characters. That would make me so happy. That would be the funniest thing Marvel's done. Marvel would do it, so. Anyway, um, Lamentis uh, is the episode I was talking about with the bisexual lighting. With the train, the whole planet is bisexual lighting, honestly. And I feel like they, I don't know if this was partially intentional or intentional that the whole episode is colored like this. But um, the actress who played Sylvie did say that it was on purpose, so that's great, and I love this episode, mostly because space trains. Who doesn't love a space train? Like, who, who doesn't? Like, space trains are beautiful, fantastic, we love them, and it's great to see one, because somebody a few years ago, uh, the... Uh, the Escape from Vault Disney podcast brought this up, made a viral Twitter thread of rating Marvel movies by trains, and Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, and uh, those films that are set in space were the lowest ranked because they did not have trains, and he said, Marvel, give us more space trains. And, of course, literally, now Marvel finally gives us space trains, and we all win. Space trains are just, you know, beautiful. Well, it's not technically a space train, it's a train on a planet in space, so it's technically just a train. So, they still haven't given us a flying space train yet, that I know of. But, anywho, um, this episode just reminds me a lot of Tomorrowland, like the whole city design with like the flashing billboards, or like a Coruscant in Star Wars. It, it reminds me a lot of that, and I think it was a lot of influence from maybe Blade Runner, uh, Alien, um, mostly Blade Runner, I think, in Star Wars were probably the influence for the city. So, basically, Loki and Sylvie uh, try to get through this arc, through the train, and it blows up, of course, and they can't. So I think this really is a stepping stone for the character. Like, he thinks he can get everything he wants using magic, and he's unable to hear. He actually is fearing for his life here. He feels like he's going to die here because he 
for all this time he has felt like he is invincible and that he can do anything and since being defeated by the Avengers and like I, I feel like this is one of his like turning points as a character in the show because he and Sylvie bonds and then of course they get rescued and um, that whole scene was kind of played off for like oh well, that was pointless kind of thing but this is a point where Loki realizes he can show heart and care for people and that he can actually help take down the TVA which they go off and end up doing at the end of this episode where they or the end of the last episode yeah the end of this episode where they eventually get into the timekeepers chambers and um the end of the last episode actually yeah the end of this episode the episode before this one is the one where they after this one where they kill the timekeepers uh, and they turn out to be robots, and that's a very Disneyland-esque thing. Now I'm talking about this episode. That's a very Disneyland-esque kind of like, haha, everything's fake, it's not what it seems joke. Kind of funny to me, honestly, because <laughs> as being a Disney Parks fan, I was like, wow, that's a lot like the Hall of Presidents, and then my brain clicked, and I was like, what if in Avengers Campus they had the Hall of the Timekeepers, and a Loki cast member playing Loki would just come in and like, cut their heads off, and a bunch of children <laughs> would be screaming and crying and I'm like does Loki go to like Chuck E. Cheese and like chop off all the heads to see if they're real <laughs> Loki goes to Disneyland and starts chopping off like the animatronic heads they're like it's not what it seems they're all like the timekeepers that that would happen and also I do want to bring that up I haven't talked about that in podcasts like the parks but Avengers Campus the character interactions there those are fantastic like Oh my god. Like, it feels like those cast members, well, the friends of Loki and all those characters, are the real characters. They have these interactions, and you can do all these things throughout the lane. You can talk to Spider-Man. He's like, oh, go talk to Cap Captain America and come back. And I feel like that is one of the things that Disney does different, is those character interactions between, like, the whole land. And I really do appreciate that. Anywho, back to Loki. This series as a whole... I just love this whole Marvel Disney Plus show stuff. I mean, I just saw Shang-Chi seeing him for a Marvel movie in the theater in a long time was amazing. That movie is amazing. Um, I can't wait to see what that ties into Doctor Strange because uh, there is some Doctor Strange stuff in that movie. You probably haven't seen it yet since it just came out recently. Um, I don't want to spoil anything about Shang-Chi other than that it's good. So this episode has just become the Marvel rant instead of Loki. <laughs> but... Um, I'm just really excited to see the future of this franchise, and Loki, and Sylvie, and like, hopefully they'll bring these characters back, and the TVA, because I know we're getting a second season, I do believe we're getting a second season, if somebody can confirm that to me, that would be great, I don't think we are, um, I would like to see, I can't wait to see what happens with Kang's character and all that, well, Kang is dead, so I want to see what happens with the multiverse unraveling, like, this, um, whole multiverse idea, really um impacts the future of the marvel universe because I mean, this is how we can get the fantastic four how we're getting the spider uh, spider-man um far from home um like no no way home yeah spider-man no way home far from home was the last one uh which i still haven't seen <laughs> what a marvel fan am i but seeing this and having doctor strange and all these events line up I think Doctor Strange testing the spell, Kang, and the WandaVision thing all line up at the same time in this universe. So all this is happening at once, causing the multiverse to pretty much go insane and unravel. So, like, 
this unraveling helps bring in Doc Ock and all this, the, the, the Green Goblin. Um, seeing Doc Ock back is just amazing. Like, he is fan best. Nobody else could play Doc Ock other than him, that actor. Uh, I think his name is... Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Don't really feel like looking it up and having another moment in this episode where I have to look something up. But having a Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, fantastic film, by the way, unravel moment can really impact the future of this Marvel Universe because this could help kick off the Young Avengers, could kick off the Fantastic Four, as I said. This could really push... This is the Avengers Endgame moment of Phase 4, Phase 5 of Marvel. Um... This is uh, the beginning Avengers-like moment that is going to unravel this universe into multiple branches and multiple possibilities. Marvel can really go anywhere with this. We could get female Avengers, female Guardians. We could get gay Guardians. We could get gay Avengers. You know, we could get anything. You know, Marvel could come up with literally anything. More Animal Avengers, Animal Guardians. They can do whatever the heck they wanted, and it would be beautiful because it's the multiverse and nothing has to make sense. So that is just just insane, the possibilities that can happen with this universe, and that's why I love it so much. And another thing I love is, as I previously said, how everything lines up. It, it, people believe the Kang and Wanda trying to find her kids are having at the same time, which does make sense, it does line up, but I think it's by pure coincidence, partially, but it's Marvel, so nothing is by pure coincidence, so who knows. Anyway, um, all in all, Loki is a beautiful, fantastic series. I love it so much. I love the music. I love the set design. I love everything they put in this show. And just, Disney is kicking butt with this these shows. Like, What If has been good so far. We've gotten our first horror elements in a Marvel thing. Even Disney Plus, like Zombies, is something that Disney wouldn't really delve into. But modern Disney is just like, you know what? Whatever. So, yeah. This is, also, this is the first Disney Plus project with curse words in it. Well, minor, but still, this is one of the first things. But the Fox X-Men movies are on there, so. That actually reminds me, Disney has really been delving into more darker themes recently with, like, What If and Loki, and, like, Disney is really branching out. Well, it's mostly Marvel <laughs> has been branching out. Um, in exploring new topics, I remember the first rumor saying that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was going to be a horror film, and I don't know if it still is. I'm really excited to see the Marvel delve into that, if it's true. Um, the Marvel Zombies episode, light humor, humor kind of ruined it for me, but that's a time, so it's a topic for another day. But I really would love to see Marvel delve into this horror aspect that Loki kind of had. Like, this mysterious, like, oh, not everything is what it seems throughout the Marvel series. And one thing they could do is make a, a movie or show about the impacts that happens because of Captain America going back in time and replacing time stones. Did something a la Back to the Future happen where people's lives changed because of that? So maybe someone didn't lose their parents. Or maybe somebody didn't lose their their wife or something, th these impacts that can happen, like, like, I guess, to be honest, we saw the effects of Thanos snap in both Spider-Man Far From Home and Shang-Chi, uh, and even WandaVision, we saw the impacts of the snap, and I want to see more of that, I want to see more of the recovery after the snap, I'm really interested to see something like that, to be honest, and it, 
the whole concept of this after the snap is just so interesting to me. I don't know why. Like the like what would happen if all these people suddenly just came back like that? And there's some light hints that there's massive global impacts, there's massive food impacts, there's massive business impacts that happens because of this sudden urge surge in the population. And it would be interesting to see maybe in the internals or a future project that they mention what those effects were, even though they've been briefly mentioned. Maybe when if Agents of the Sh Agents of the Shield Agents of Shield gets rebooted, we'll see them dealing with that. Or if we get Damage Control series, if you don't know what Damage Control is, they were the people cleaning up after the battle in New York and Spider-Man um, Homecoming. Um, they're the people who pretty much clean up after the Avengers, to, to say the least. They're like the the moms to the Avengers. It's funny. But Damage Control series could be awesome because we could see these aftermaths, so these huge battles, and like the actual impact. Cause like. They kind of did it in a civil war where people died like during these battles that the Avengers really do more damage than help. And I've always thought about that. I'm like, dang, like people, they're blowing up stuff. They didn't evacuate the city, did they? Like people are dying still no matter what when they're posed as these heroes. And I would really like to see a damage control series similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tie-in to, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D extension on Disney Plus because I do love that show and it really helped build out that Marvel Universe in the best way possible. Um, like, there's so much Marvel can do as a series and as a the future of this universe continues, especially with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness being possibly a horror movie, we could get into like the scary side of Marvel because there was some genuinely scary stuff in Marvel. And, like, even though they killed off Kang pretty quickly, I think that is maybe not true. I don't think Kang is dead. Kang is a multiple versions of Kang, and there's multiple versions of Kang, so just that version of Kang is dead, now that I think about it. So, Kang could easily have an evil brother that could come and, like, beat everyone up and be like, I control Earth now, and then the Guardians 3 could tie into that. Yeah. There's so many Marvel projects that could tie into everything that's happened with Loki. Because everyone knows everything at Marvel connects. So, yeah. Uh, all in all, Loki is just a fantastic series. Love where the Marvel Universe has gotten to. Um, I know I'm repeating myself a lot with the episode because I'm just going back through my notes. Uh, I, I, I just, <laughs> when I rant, I tend to repeat myself a lot but yeah that is going to do it for this episode um at least this part of the episode i want to talk about something real quick with adventures campus now adventures campus implies that everything there is just like not canon i don't know if the campus itself is canon i didn't really like catch on to anything beyond the Walt disney world side of twitter don't really like hear the stuff about Avengers Campus, but one thing I do appreciate about Avengers Campus is the character interactions. The character interactions over there are just really neat. It, it, like, I've seen on TikTok where, like, these people talk to Spider-Man, he's like, oh, go talk to Captain America, go talk to this person, and it goes all around. And these characters have such great interaction skills with the guests that it feels legit. You feel part of the universe. The Spider-Man ride I know a lot of people said it sucks because it's a family attraction, but it's great to see a 
another Spider-Man attraction outside of Universal, despite being the Universal one being amazing. But it's great to see the Marvel representation at the parks align with the movies, because we've gotten uh, different variants of Loki there. I don't. I think we got President Loki at Disneyland and stuff like that. And unfortunately, Walt Disney World due to Universal can never get Avengers Campus. But hopefully I will visit Disneyland soon and be able to experience these character interactions before they budget cut them. <sighs> it makes me angry. But um, just a genuine appreciation for the way Disney is committed in the parks and with the TV shows to this. Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. This was roughly the same length as a normal episode, so I might as well just list it as an episode. This might be episode... F 13, Inspector Gadget will be episode 14, Black Hole will be episode 15, and we'll go for 16 episodes in the season. <sighs> I know I change it, it doesn't really matter, who cares. Um, I know I bi-weekly messed up the episodes, but now I have episodes done. You know, I just, I don't know, I might keep this as a bonus episode, but thank you so much for supporting this podcast, it, it's so much fun to make, it's been a lot of fun to do, I can't believe I actually pushed it to one season. I tried to do an Epcot series on YouTube a few years months ago, years ago, and I never finished it. But this is the first thing I've ever actually been able to commit to and finish. So that is great. Um, definitely, the listenership has definitely helped me commit to it, and just the fact that there's so many terrible Disney projects on here and so many great things on here. And I may start covering every now and then, do surprise bonus episodes, stuff that I really just appreciate and love a lot. But as always, thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, leave a review if you can. Uh, I haven't been able to see the reviews. I'm going to have to go to Google Podcasts to see if there's reviews on there. I think you can leave reviews on there. So I'll triple check there. But as always, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And this will be the end of the Loki episode. <laughs>